Welcome to Find Your Vision, Change Your Life, the tools and techniques for transforming your future. I'm your host, Anna Marie DiGiorgio, and I'm here to help you build the life of your dreams. Every week, I'll be sharing valuable insights and actionable tips to help empower you to create the future that you've always imagined. From essential life guidance to motivational advice, I'll deep dive into the topics that matter most to you so that together we can find the clarity and the direction that you need. I am here to help you craft your own personal vision for success and make your dreams happen. You may have already been on a journey of self-discovery, or maybe you're just starting to consider how to chart a new course for your future. Either way, you're in the right place. So let's join hands and embark on a fantastic journey of transformation and self-discovery together. So if you're ready to join me on this journey, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We have an exciting lineup for you today, featuring two esteemed guest speakers who are dear friends of mine. I am thrilled to introduce David Hutt and Ellen Hill. First, let's shine the spotlight on David and his incredible journey. Allow me to share a glimpse into his remarkable achievements. David is an academic powerhouse, holding master's degrees from prestigious institutions such as Columbia and Northwestern. His expertise lies in helping students excel on standardized tests with an impressive track record, guiding 43 individuals to achieve perfect, let me say that again, perfect scores on the ACT and SATs. But David's accomplishments don't stop there. In a truly inspiring turn of events, he was diagnosed with autism in his 70s. Undeterred, he channeled his unique perspective and artistic talents into a poetry book titled Writing the Spectrum, which has garnered tremendous critical acclaim. As if that weren't enough, David is currently making a profound impact as an educator. He teaches subjects as diverse as quantum physics and the human condition for the senior college at the esteemed University of North Carolina, Asheville. Listeners, get ready to be captivated by David's insights, experiences, and wisdom. His journey is a testament to the power of determination, resilience, and embracing one's true potential. So without further ado, let's give a warm virtual welcome to David. How are you doing? Doing great. So David, let me ask you, how did your study and teaching of quantum physics reinforce and deepen your paradigm shift of living freedom. So there are thought experiments, which is funny because that's what Einstein has done, thought experiments, which gives us an understanding of life. So I had had thought experiments with a few very, very wonderful teachers before I started really delving into quantum physics. And no matter how sure we are of things, it's always good to use science to reinforce what we know. Science is a magnificent tool if we use it with a pure heart and without ideology. So one of the many things in physics I can talk about is that basically time and space 
have been proved to be emergent phenomena, meaning they're not the basis of the universe, any more than our puppy dogs and your wonderful nine-year-old grandson. You know, they kind of pop out of the universe. You see? (laughs) Time and space, because I was autistic, always was a struggle for me, particularly kind of doing things in space and fixing stuff and all that. And so to know that it's not the basic building blocks of the universe, but it's more like consciousness, which is something quantum physics suggests, really reinforced the whole clear sense I had about that there's only this now. Does that make sense? Yes. So only this now. Tell me about that. So the past and the future, okay, are only relative. We tend to think, for example, of an eternal present. So you tend to think of your grandson in St. Louis as being now in this present. He's not. I'm not saying he isn't in his present and you're not in your present, but the two are not at the same moment. You see? Yes. And so there is this present here-ness that we all experience subjectively, but objectively it doesn't exist. I'm sure my listeners are wondering, what does that mean? It means practically, let's talk about practical stuff because you work as a coach to try to help people's lives improve very realistically. So one of the last poems I wrote was called Embracing the Unknown. I think you understand that as the great coach that you are. So embracing the unknown is accepting the fullness of the present moment right now, whether it's walking your dog or hugging your child or talking to a friend or working with a client, that's all that's happening. Yes. Can you see the practicality about that? Yes. So think of, if I were talking to your client, I'd say, okay, um, uh, Jenna, what percentage of the worries about the future you had actually manifested and came true? Maybe 2%? 2%, maybe more, yes. Right. But all I'm saying is, so that other 98%, let's say it's 10%, okay? We'll say she, so that other 90%, She was not present. You see, she wasn't fully enjoying the sunshine and the dog or even the clouds or even dealing with her son's uh, cold. Yes. You see that? Yes. So that's the essence of practicality to be fearlessly and fully in this present moment. And the past and the future are not what we thought they were proven by mathematics and the best science in the history of humans. You know, I love that. You know, when I'm teaching my clients, I pull out an hourglass. I think it's a great representation. The bottom is the past. You can't you can't touch it. You, you can't go back to it. It kind of reminds me of the Lion King when um, the monkey hits him on the head and he says, well, you, you know, he said, ouch, well, you can't do anything about it. It's over. It's done. It's in the past. And like the hourglass, you can see the top part where there's the future. We have material. Yes, we have material seekers and spiritual seekers, but it's the same thing. So one of the great things in my paradigm shift was to know that I was no better and no worse than anybody. And to know that absolutely, deeply, completely. Yes. So it relieves me of trying to have to be somebody special or hitting myself on the head for for being somebody stupid. Yes. That's all living now. So there's nothing I can do about that. So whatever words come out, come out. They're gone. I can't get them back. But I can focus on this moment completely, fearlessly, and enjoyably. And what happens is even when something terrible happens to us, I am still present and free in the midst of that chaos. Yes. 
Yes, it's that centerpiece of that hourglass. And even though those moments are going by, we have a new moment and a new Mm -hmm. moment and a new moment. And it's what we do in those moments that can create the life that we're looking for. Yes. And another way, another way to look at it is, you know what collating is when you like have a paper clip and you're trying to put pages together. Yes. So it's clear to me from all from quantum physics and this understanding is that we're not nouns, we're verbs. So we have a collation of appearing as a noun. It's important that we do appear as a noun so I can get to know you as a friend and a colleague and whatever, and you can work with your clients as nouns. But that's just the appearance. That's just the Maya. That's just what's hidden. Yeah. We're ultimately verbs. Because one of the great uh, concepts, understandings in, in quantum physics is granularity, like grains. Yes. So here is this little bit of a grain, and then there's a ton of nothing, and then there's another grain. And this grain and that grain are only linked by, you know, the vaguest of paper clips and the vaguest of papers. You yeah. see? Yes. So why is it really useful to see yourself as a verb? Because part of what I understand, too, from, again, studying the preponderance of the evidence is that we don't have free will in the way we think we do. There's kind of a way we do, but that's another topic for us. We don't have time for that. (laughs) But it's not the way we think we do. What we have is speaking, listening, touching. You see, that's kind of what we are. And so electrons, you can't know. You don't know where they're going to go. We don't know where our Verbs kind of bounce all over the place. They don't stay in one place. So to label somebody as man, woman, Democrat, Republican, American, Lithuanian, whatever, you see? Yes. What you're doing is you're trying to herd cats. It doesn't work, you see? Right. Because you're you're bouncing all over the place. We all do. That's how we are. I hope that helps a little bit. I'm trying to answer your question. It does. It absolutely does. So a moment ago, you were talking about your poetry. Yes. So how did your poetry writing help you to come to terms with your autism? So one of my poems was called They Danced with Two Right Feet. And so this is when I was young. And so I would see people in a different way than everybody else did. That's just the way my brain was wired. You know, it wasn't like I wanted to. Right. And so it's a poem that talks about in a poetic way that they didn't see my left foot. You see? because they were all dancing with their right feet. And when I pointed out my left foot, they didn't see it, and they just kept dancing. You see that as an analogy? Yes. They couldn't help it. Again, I'm not mad at them now, but I couldn't help having that left foot that nobody saw. Right. Uh, No, I totally get that. That's really good. So what are the problems that you have found with the terms spiritual seeker, spirituality? First of all, there's an arrogance in most having been an ex-spiritual seeker. It's like Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, ex-spiritual seekers anonymous. I can speak to the subtle arrogance that most of us had as spiritual seekers. Yes. Where where we're seeking the same thing as the person who gets drunk every day does. Happiness, freedom, relaxation, comfort. It's no different except we dress it up. It's kind of like the king has no clothes. You see, Mm -hmm. the emperor has no clothes. We're just dressing it up in fancier terms to feel better than everybody else. Yeah. Because the other thing is that when you're seeking something, you're going away from who you are. The very idea of seeking gets us away from this now. Yes. 
right? It has to be current right now in this moment. Oops, that moment just passed. I have yes. to. Yes. So we keep moving in the direction of we're in this moment. Yeah. And, and so the, the fake part of this is that people are seeking transcendent experiences that they can hold on to. Yeah. I know several people who have had amazing, spectacular, fantastic experiences, some of which has lasted as long as five weeks. But yeah. I don't know anybody who's had an experience that lasted like 20 years. You see? Right. Yeah. They come and they go again, like verbs. You see? Yes. A noun can't hold on to anything for like five years. See? Right. 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 Experiences come and go. People come and go. Emotions come and go. Yeah. But this now is always here. It's always here. It's always here. We can reflect on the past. Now we can reflect on the past. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We all have a story. Right. One of the things I always share is we always we have a story. That doesn't mean I'm that story. Right. Today, I'm different than I was then. And in a few moments, I'm going to be different again because I'm learning new stuff, right? I'm becoming- but the willingness, is, the willingness, Anne-Marie, to give up your story has a lot to do with the natural letting go of ego, which can't be forced. But yeah. it's a natural sense of like, I care more about you than I do about my story, whether you're my yes. friend or client or daughter or yes. partner, you see? Yes. And and that and the and the funny thing is is that when we have this freedom of living in this now, we naturally as human beings want to give it to everybody else. It's a yes. natural thing. It's yes. not forced. We're not showing how wonderful we are. It just comes naturally, you know, because you do that in your work. Yes. Yes, I've overcome my own story and I want to share that it's possible. It's very very possible. Ellen, did you have a question? No, I actually wanted to tell David and the listeners that the now is also called the present. And it's called the present because it's a gift from God, because it's only in the present moment that we can learn from the past and change our future. We cannot do it in the future. We cannot do it in the past. We can only do it in the now. Right now. Also known as... The present. Yes. And the willingness to let go of fear, the willingness to let go of how we look to others, the willingness to let go of our story and our self-image allows that to happen, Ellen. Yes. We cannot bring it into our self-esteem from what we've had in our past. We can't outgrow it. We have to change it. We can't say now I've outgrown this because it's always there until you learn to change that. And you can't do that in the future. You have to take this moment and do it right now. And you've experienced with your clients and probably with yourself as I have, the millions of excuses that come up (laughs) instead of like, you have an inner little voice or sense of like, this is the right thing to do, but oh no, I want an ice cream instead. I'm just saying, or whatever. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true, right? We, I know that I shouldn't be, you know, I smoked for 35 years. And every day I would say, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Well, I was asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Asking the wrong question. And the right question would be, I'm not doing that. I'm over it. It's done. And every time I repeated that to myself, my subconscious mind finally clicked in and went, today's the day. 
I'm done. And I didn't pick up another cigarette. That was your time. That was my time. That's exactly. And you see that one of the great problems that people have is trying to worry about why. So one of the great secrets of quantum physics is that you find out there's no why. Don't worry about why. What's going on at the moment? What's the inner nudge that's going over you, which kind of feels good if you allow it to come out? That's what's important. It's not why. No one knows why. Nobody has any idea of why. You can't really change the why. Right. But why (laughs) is just a temporary Band-Aid? Yeah. Um, You know, uh, so here's the ultimate thing. And philosophically, something can't come from nothing. Right. If you can explain to me why something comes from nothing, you'll win the Nobel Prize tomorrow. Right. Right. Reminds me of a song. You you have to have something. How did it go? You can't have. Oh, I can't remember it now. I'll remember it. You got to have something if you want to be with me. Do you remember that song? I don't remember. Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's it. And no one can answer that because our minds, even if we have a 300 IQ, are not equipped to answer it. Right. So so there's no sense in bothering about that. Yeah. I know that Ellen works with the how. Here's how you can change your financial future. You work with the how. Here's how, Miss Client, you can begin to be happy. Yes. And I say, here's how you can learn about the amazement of quantum physics. Here's how you can write a poem. Yes. Here's how you can get a perfect score on a test. It's the how. It's not the why. That's exactly right. So let me ask you this. How has your relationship with women changed? Oh, my God. (laughs) We need five hours. So because I was making excuses myself for feeling a little bit off, I would manipulate women to a certain extent, never to a horrible extent, not to be locked up in jail. But um, but. I'm blessed because the relationship I have now, Beverly has an ABD. She was a teacher, so she didn't need the actual PhD thing to get her extra salary in brilliant boys on the spectrum. Now, how is that for for the universe being wonderful? Right. So she already understands a lot of who I am. I don't have to try to change it, but there's a natural sense of wanting to give to her that I haven't had in my 70 plus years ever with any woman. It's natural. There's a natural caring, not because I should be with you or I'm getting this from you or whatever. It's just in me now. You see? Yes. It's just there. It's just the joy of being able to do something small, like deal with the cat litter, which I take care of, which is one little thing she doesn't have to check off. That means a lot to me. It's not like, like, let me get away with everything I can and do as little as possible. We need to have a class just on that. And I don't mean just for men. I'm talking women, too. One thing I don't do is trash. Yeah. I don't do trash. But you see, that's okay. But let's just say there's trade-offs. So there I is. know that Beverly doesn't like to be dirty, and I don't care, okay? It's not an issue with me being kind of spec on the spec. I can, I can deal with cat litter all day. It's fine. Yeah. So we find things that the other person doesn't like to do that we actually like to do. I love watering the garden. Yeah. I love watering the gardens because I sing to them. I dance with, I have fun with the flowers. Yeah. So she doesn't have to do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you're in this open nowness, there's certain things you love to do. And the other person appreciates that you love to do them. Yes. Yes. So that's how it's changed. It's completely changed. Yeah. Completely changed. So as we get ready to close up here, if you were to give one tip, what would you love to share with listeners? 
look at what you are afraid of in the unknown. I can show you, if you took my quantum physics class, the, the degree of what we don't know is far more amazing than we can. Let me just give you an example. So if I drop this pen now, there's not 100% a chance of it falling. It's 99.9999999, right? Something can happen. One thing is my cat can run out, which is possible, and the pen goes on the, my cat instead of on the floor. Right. So there's nothing that's 100% except this now. If you live it fully, the next now tends to be a lot better. That's the point I'd like them to get across. That's beautiful. Yeah, the next now, because they're continual. Yeah. yeah. It's the jumping. Remember I said the granularity? So there's yes. something, and then there's nothing, and then there's another something. Yes. And the other something will be, and you understand that, you understand synchronicity and all that, and yes. you understand in your own growth that the next something tends to be a lot better because you're fully involved in the previous something. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. So, David, how do the listeners get a hold of you? Yes. I don't mind giving out my phone number because I know that people you know tend to be really good people, as well as Ellen. By the way, if you're networking, don't waste time networking with people you only half like. It's a complete waste of time. Right. If you don't really like the person, why hang out with them, whether for business or personal? It's all the same. I'm happy to give out my phone number, and I would prefer they can text me between the hours of 8 a.m. EST and 7 p.m. EST. And I will get back to them when I can. And that's the easiest way. It's 828-228-1121, 828-228-1121. If you want to email me, it's dacttutor, A-C-T-T-U-T-O-R at gmail.com. I look forward to working with anyone who cares about education, with anyone who cares about high school kids, with anyone who cares about test prep, with anyone who cares about quantum physics, with anyone who cares about poetry. Okay, and before we go, read us one of your poems. Okay, let me grab one here. So you have to deal with a lot of people who who believe that they're victims. And so their victimhood they wear on their sleeve, and it hurts them tremendously. This is part one of two parts called Dancing in Quicksand. Okay. Don't label me victim of autism, ageism, anti-Semitism, or any upchucked appellation. That V word is a perfumed prison. These clunk around in leaden boots with matching whining jumpsuits, cursing choiceless shadows for punching them out. Cartoon armies caught in crazy glue spider webs by crybaby thumbsuckers, handcuffed to victimizers, dancing in quicksand. Wow, that is full. And you could take different points of that. Mention quickly that I'm going to write a second book, but my book is available on Amazon. It's called Writing the Spectrum, R-I-D-I-N-G, The Spectrum. It's on Amazon. Just put Writing the Spectrum, David Hutt, and it's there. Beautiful. And we're going to leave part two for when they contact you, they can get part two. So let's give David and Ellen a big thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoyed this. Be blessed and always dream fearlessly. Thanks for joining us. And we look forward to taking this journey with you. Don't forget to share your ideas and experiences in the comment section below. See you next time on Find Your Vision, Change Your Life, Tools and Techniques for Transforming Your Future.